podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gaudier Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to do a quick review of the Osasuna match played on Wednesday night. We're going to expand a little bit on Xavi's departure, and then we're going to finish off with the Femini. Before we get into the episode, I just want to talk about our newest sponsor, Magic Mind, the world's first productivity drink. If you're looking for a great way to keep your energy steady throughout the day, Magic Mind is a great way to achieve that. With Magic Mind, you can ditch that third or fourth cup of coffee and stay alert and focused throughout the day. A great way to take Magic Mind is in the morning as part of your morning routine. On the last episode, Remy was telling us about how good it tasted and how he was noticing the effects to help him stay productive throughout the day. Magic Mind is full of natural ingredients such as Bacupa Maneri, which is a neurotropic that improves your attention span, your ability to process and learn new information. The Magic Mind team created a super offer for me to share with you Kool-Aids. Get three months for the price of two with a quarterly subscription using the code BARSATALK20. Get your first batch at magicmind.com slash BARSATALK and redeem the discount code BARSATALK20. Crush your 2024 New Year resolutions fully focused. The link is in the show notes. All right, as I mentioned in... Last week's episode, we're going to start having Friday episodes, kind of quick hitters. Got some things to go over. I just finished watching I just finished watching the Golasso show on Gold TV. I watched my Hugones, so I'm 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 prepared to let you know what's happening here in Spain, what everyone's talking about regarding Barcelona. So the first thing we wanted to go over is just the Osasuna match. Obviously, Barcelona won one nothing. And it's just an interesting dynamic that's going on with Xavi and the players because you know as we mentioned before that Lewandowski had a players only kind of uh, meeting to try to rally up the troops one of the reasons that Xavi said that his announcement for him leaving was to create some more reaction in the team Uh, so much so he said that in the press conference 15 times after the Osasuna match I mean did we really notice (laughs) a boost I mean I really didn't I mean we did come away with the one nothing victory I would say the best highlight of the of the match was Vitor Roque getting his first goal, getting that monkey off his back. But other than that, I really didn't see any type of difference between the team. Sure, we we had more possession again. We may have looked a little bit uh, hungrier in attack, but again, we we're still lacking on all phases of the game. And again, it's so funny because we are ten points behind the league leaders, and it feels like we're twenty right now. Just the way we're playing, we can't even get healthy against lower tier teams you know for example Madrid plays Hitafe they they put in some of their second string players and they get hungry you know they score two goals against Hitafe and we just can't even get that type of performance from our first team again this match proved again to have some more injuries for us Ferran Torres comes off with a hamstring injury there hasn't been any news on him and one of my wishes as I told Remy in the last episode was the manager that comes in needs to have a top tier physio team that is imperative with all these muscle injuries that we're having i don't know if it is a workload management type of thing or maybe we're just not using strength conditioning as as we should uh, i think there's definitely a disconnect there ever since chavi's come in we've had a lot of muscle injuries especially from the young players which to me is always kind of frightening because especially when you're younger 
your muscles obviously more pliable stretchy you know all that kind of thing if it was the older players getting these type of muscle injuries i you know i'd be like okay yeah uh, the age has something to do with it but it just seems to be that the majority of these injuries are happening to our youngsters and the last thing we need to do is have more injury load like for example on laminia mall who is such an important player for our team right now the 16 year old continues to mound up minutes per minutes and Xavi really demanding a lot from him. So again, he needs to get the break, but it's kind of the yin and the yang, right? Because we don't have a deep enough bench right now because everyone's hurt. So again, I think my main wish for the new manager to come in is a top tier physio. I don't think there's really other things I wanted to highlight about those Osuna match. I mean, I watched it live uh, in our WhatsApp group with, uh, you know, our Patreon group. We were debating different topics during the match but again it's the same feeling you know it's the defense having silly fouls especially at the end of the match where Rahu gave up a silly foul and for what there's no danger in these things and I it's really frustrating because usually our players have really high football IQ and it just seems that we lose concentration and we just don't have trust in other players and again, like I said, I think the highlight is the Vitoroke play. I mean, the way he attacked that header, that's what you'd like to see from him. And again, I really hope that maybe with this Ferran injury, that maybe Xavi leans into a 4-4-2 and has Lewandowski and Vitoroke playing off each other. I think it is screaming that. I mean, if I were looking at the roster right now, that is where I would start and then maybe use Fermin in the back of that and then the rest of the midfield to support. I mean, this is the time to get crazy, get wild, right? Let's let's figure something out. It is clear that this 4-3-3 formation is not working. I think Victor Roque and Lewandowski working off each other is the perfect mix right now. Let's just try something new. Like, if he rolls that out, that is something that would excite me uh, watching the next games. Now, let's talk about Xavi's departure because now I've had a couple days to mull out a little bit more and speaking to people in our Patreon group and also my friend Brandt here in Madrid, it's one of those things that, you know, when you take the Jurgen Klopp decision, right? Jurgen Klopp's been at the club. He's a legend at Liverpool. He's won titles. And him announcing that he's going to leave at the season, yeah, you do that because he's a club legend. You're like, yes, we're going to give you your flowers. We're going to do all those things. But with Xavi, I'm more and more, I want him to leave sooner than later. I think it is more of a detriment to the team that he stays. I don't think he's a good enough coach to get us out and hit our goals that we need to, especially hitting fourth place in Champions League. Right now, we are, you know, we are two losses away from not qualifying in that top four. And when you have a situation where he keeps saying that there needs to be a change in dynamic, and you're the reason for that, like you need to leave. Like to stay on is to me is is a terrible decision. And the more and more I think about it. I really think that Barcelona is going to go towards Marquez promoting him. This is my gut feeling. And promoting a Barca B coach, I think it's a cheap, cheaper option. It's an easy option. It kind of band-aids over for another season or two while we're still playing at Montjuic. So, again, I think that's what I'm kind of feeling. Obviously, we've had a lot of uh, coaches come up, uh, you know, especially like with the coach from Brighton. Um, we've had, obviously, my, my favorite is Malta, but again... The more I think about it, I just think that Laporta uh, just wants to band-aid this over right now, this situation. And it's driving me crazy because he, he said in a quote today that he will not fire Xavi earlier, you know? And I, and I just, I don't understand it. It's like, 
a lot of times he's you know more politician than sports person right because that's what you kind of do as a politician like you make these like empty promises to try to make sure your approval rating is high whereas if he was in like making those sporting decisions like directly i would have more faith in the future you know but with right now with deco not really doing anything um you know the coaching issue right now like i said i would rather have them come with a, a temporary coach to try to fill the void because the coaches need a new voice we need something new and with chavi finishing the season i don't think that's going to happen again i i personally think that marquez is going to get promoted i just think it's the easiest for everyone the cheapest as well and i think marquez would obviously take it and and it's easier to find a barca b replacement uh, and promote Marquez. So that's kind of my feeling of what I think is going to happen. Now, obviously, a lot of things can come to light, but, you know, again, we have no money to pay these coaches. So that's that's really going to be a, a, a high issue here when we're talking about the rumors and the coaches. The other thing that came out of the news today and yesterday was this idea of trying to sell Lewandowski in the offseason. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, who's going to take him, especially after his season and his decline and performance again you know when we were talking uh with remy about this issue it's like again we pick this striker because he's a name brand right but again he was on the older side and we already saw this with luis suarez you know when he started to hit this age as well it's just hard the decline is just rapid you know and this idea that we thought Lewandowski was going to score 25 plus, you know, was a pipe dream, especially with the lack of, you know, attacking that we were going to have. And again, I would have much rather gone with youth, especially in the financial situation that we are in. You know, Lewandowski is making a hefty sum of cash right now and to unload him would be impossible. And again, we still have to pay him. And what's really the most disheartening thing with Lewandowski is just the output, you know, for how much we're spending you know, as we always joke around, you know, all the misses that he makes, it seemed when he was with Bayern, he was always converting everything, you know, and that's why when he first came, you're like, okay, yeah, uh, he's going to come and he's going to convert, but he has not been able to convert at the rate that he used to be. Uh, again, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I, you know, again, he tried to have the players meeting on Wednesday. He's trying to be the team leader, the older, the elder statesman of the team of the club, but, but again, I don't think many of the players are following him. I don't know if his personality rubs people the wrong way. Maybe there's a lack of communication. I don't know. But, again, I don't know how Barcelona is going to resolve this issue because if we can't unload him and he stays on our books for next season and continues to not score, that's that's really a hard issue. And what I what I find more, more most disheartening about this is that Xavi doesn't challenge him or bench him to try to get a fire lit under him. I mean, I know that he's trying. I'm not saying that he's not trying. But sometimes you got to roll the dice and bench a player, and I just don't see that with Xavi. You know, Xavi doesn't want uh, to be on the bad side of players, it seems like. And I really hope in this next, you know, couple weeks that we see a lot more minutes for Vitor Roque, especially getting that goal. You know, that's going to prove huge for him for his confidence in playing these upcoming matches. All right, so this weekend, Barcelona are playing Alaves up in the Basque Country. And Alaves are sitting 11th with 26 points. The match is on Saturday, 
at 6.30 local time. Again, uh, right after this siesta time. So I think we should be okay, but you never know, especially the way we're playing on the road. Who knows? Anyway, Deportivo's last five matches, three wins, one loss, one tie. Um, They have been in decent form, you know, considering their lack of budget. And their system is a 4-2-3-1 double pivot. So it's one of my favorite systems to play because I think you get a lot of balance. You get a lot of coverage. I mean, I'm always a, when I played, you know, rec, uh, high school, whatever, I always loved this formation. Especially if you have a point man up top, you get a little bit of flexibility on the length, on the on the flanks there, and more importantly, you have people in front of the defense to kind of be in between. So I enjoy this formation. Alves has been playing with this, and they have been producing pretty well. So again, sitting 11th with 26 points, considering the lack of resources that Deportivo Alves has, that's pretty impressive. Now, through my scouting here, you know, looking online and so forth, the player that I want to highlight is Samu Omeridian. He is the forward, the the point man in the 4-2-3-1. Uh, you know, when I was looking up here, of course, um, Samu has Nigerian descent, so they compared him to Lukaku. You know, uh, sure. Um, I think more about the physicality of uh, Omeridian. He's tall. Uh you know, he's, he's definitely physical. He has seven goals, one assist this season. Again, when I see someone from a, you know, kind of a lower tier team having seven goals, that tells you a lot. Uh, he's that He came from Atletico Madrid, and he has been playing all season long for Deportivo de la Vez. He's very young. He's only 19 years old. Uh, he does represent the Spanish under-19 international. And, yeah, so he's been having uh, quite a season. Now, Again, as I said, in the scouting and everything, they just marvel at his physicality and speed. And he's going to give us some problems. I mean, just like I highlighted last week <laughs> with um, Villarreal's forwards going to give us problems, Omarena is going to give us problems too. I mean, imagine Arahu's size and just as fast and physical and wants to mix it up. That's going to be a problem, especially if Alaves just pumps the ball into the box as they do because, again, Alaves is a more direct play team. So if Kunde and Arahu play, they have to be really on their game to match up with Omeridian because he's going to be ready for it, especially playing at home against Barcelona. He definitely wants to showcase and see if he can move up to a higher tier team. So he's got to put this type of performance on the highlight reel, him against Barcelona. Again, as I noted, it, you know everything they just noticed: strong aerial ability, physical presence, excellent pace, and work ethic. So it's kind of the full package for a modern striker. Also, the another thing to note is his link-up play. So again, for being 19 and understanding the link-up play and also using your physical gifts, the future is bright for Omeridian. So again, seven goals, one assist. I mean. To me, that's always a standout. Again, I'm I'm worried about how Barcelona are going to defend this, especially as we have seen on the counters. If Almeridian gets loose, that's going to create a lot of havoc and a long day for Barcelona. Again, as I said, he's been often compared to Lukaku, uh, obviously in terms of playing style and physicality. So again, this is a player to watch out for. He is the top point man. For Alaves, again, 
<laughs> it's it's we got to be nervous. We we got to be nervous. This is an away match. In all of this, are we going to be motivated? What are we doing? You know, especially with Xavi's press conference today saying that he was quote unquote happy about how the team reacted. Uh, is kind of worrying to me. I still think he is missing the plot on what the team needs and. Who knows? Um, it's going to be an interesting match for sure. Let's close off the episode really quick with talk about FCB Femini. So the latest news is two players are leaving at the end of the year. The first one is Asisat Ashwala, the forward who's headed to the National Women's Soccer League for Bay FC. So Remy was noting in our Patreon group that he is going to try and check out a match there. Oshwala is uh, heading out there, obviously, the National Women's Soccer League is expanding, uh, so they're trying to bring high talent to compete with the European leagues. Oshwala joined Barcelona in 2019. Um, she signed a two-year contract with Bay FC. Uh, she left a farewell message to Instagram for all Kules. Uh, you know, she played and had a, a hand in most of the titles since she's been here. Again, she scored 107 goals and 149 appearances for Barcelona Femini. What an incredible rate. <laughs> 107 and 149. Yikes. But again, as we've been watching with this team, it's it was hard for her to get consistent playing time. You know, it's hard to bump the top three right now. And this is another reason why we saw Gacy go to Manchester United. Again, uh, she was in a pivotal part of trying to get the Champions League. 107 goals and 149 appearances. God damn. That is, that is nice. Um, she will be missed because she, you know, one of the depth on our team was remarkable. But again, she wants to obviously be a starter. And Bay FC came calling. And I'm sure she's going to get a nice paycheck. So good for her. Good luck. And the other player that's leaving is goalkeeper Sandra Panos. Sandra Panos is the club legend for the goalkeeper. Um, at 31, she's leaving. It wasn't sure where she's leaving, but listen to her resume. Two Champions League titles, four leagues, five Copa de la Reinas, four Spanish Super Cups, and yeah, I mean, just an incredible career for Sandra Panos. Now, obviously, Catacol is the new, young, more athletic, faster goalkeeper, but Sandra Panos was the kind of the pioneer for the feminine. She was there for quite a while, and again, um, she is leaving for a new challenge. She joined Barcelona in 2015 from Levante. And really, Barcelona kind of built the team around her. She was the top keeper in the Spanish Women's League for a long time. But unfortunately, you know, the the younger, faster version comes calling, and that's where Catacol has taken her spot for the Femini. So I want to wish uh, Asisat and Sandra good luck, and thank you for all they've done for the Femini. The Femini are playing Sunday against Sporting Huelva at home at 6 o'clock local time. So if you want to check that out, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or DAZN. That does it for me as a quick hitter of Friday episode. Again, we'll see how Barcelona attack Alaves tomorrow and more importantly, how they're going to defend Alaves because that is, for me, the frightening thing that I'm worried about most. We need to get these three points to keep pressure. I mean, we're only 10 points out of first place. I mean, that's really not anything if you go to any other league that's still a title race you know but for us right now we can't afford uh, any mistakes and we'll see if the players can 
you know, get up for it tomorrow. So we'll see. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Forza Barca. Podcast Network.